again, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is the show where two nerds sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. And my name is Caitlin McKinnon. And there are many ways you can listen to this show. You can follow us on SoundCloud.com slash GeekDownPod. New episodes, you will get a notification every time they arrive. As well, iTunes. Top right-hand corner. Search us. Click subscribe. New episodes on your device when they go live every Tuesday. Super easy. Super easy. Uh, we also have some social media. We have a Twitter at GeekDownPod. We have a Tumblr page, geekdownpod.tumblr.com. And we have a Facebook group. Very important, the Facebook group. Facebook.com slash GeekDownPod. Kind of eventful. Yeah. This week. There's been uh, some some conflict, and I hope a conflict resolution, So on the Facebook page. I don't know if you're familiar, Caitlin, but uh, another podcast... That I, and I know at least a couple of the other uh, listeners of this show listen to, have proclaimed this spring 2016 as beef season. I've heard. So there's a lot of beef flying everywhere. You never know who's going to get caught in it. Apparently even some tiny morsels of ground beef have (laughs) crumbled off and (laughs) rolled their way over into our cozy, warm little podcast. Uh, including on the Facebook group. Yeah. Uh, a certain Chris Kozak and I have had a discussion <laughs> about a certain character from Sherlock Holmes. Someone takes an issue with your assessment of how relevant, intelligent, important the character of Irene Adler is in the Sherlock Holmes mythos. And he's wrong. Shots fired! Shots fired! <laughs> um, I mean, I... I understand his assessment but yet again it's wrong christopher you're allowed to be wrong just uh you know we will we will give you that right i understand you haven't responded you wanted to lick your wounds obviously (laughs) um (laughs) so and and obviously i'm right and you know we'll just move past it holmes beef is is the worst beef it just really it it tears families apart friends (laughs) uh not the only beef that came up on the facebook group group facebook group uh this one might get a little more savage. I'm a little. Uh, I'm Bra- a little. Brace yourself, people. I'm a little worked up, Caitlin. The uh, the tirade voice has kind of been on fleek for about six days now, <laughs> and that vein in your temple is starting Caitlin to uh, has, uh, throb. Caitlin's been hearing some some jewels get thrown her way over over Facebook the uh, the past week. So, as he is wont to do. One of the fans of our show listened to the episode and kind of commented in real time on the episode post with what he was thinking about certain points of, about the episode. One of the things he mentioned was that regarding my little brief tirade on the career of Mark Miller, writer of Civil War. And also of what I mentioned, which was uh, Red Sun. And Red Sun. Which is Superman a- Red Sun. Superman Red Sun. And my distaste for his work, specifically a moment in The Ultimates, a book which has informed a lot of the current Marvel Cinematic Universe take on the Avengers, when comic author Mark Miller took the moment of domestic violence between Hank Pym and Janet Van Dyne the Wasp. Um, This was always a very sort of key moment for both characters' developments in the Silver Age uh, Avengers. In the original story, it was just your run-of-the-mill domestic violence. No, that's all. In Mark Miller's take... The Wasp has fled, shrunk, and is hiding under a sofa, and Hank Pym grabs a can of bug spray and sprays under the couch to try and root her out so he can continue assaulting her. Right. And I was told on the Facebook group 
to get over the bug spray. You know what we're not going to do, Caitlin? Oh, dear. Do you know what we're not going to do? He took out notes. We are not getting over the bug spray. Because the bug spray is one airsoft pellet in a barrage of artillery that Mark Miller has been unloading for over 15 years. Would you like to take a quick sample of some of Mark Miller's greatest hits? Not, I mean, you're going to do it anyways. So but you I, don't I, want to. I know, Because nobody wants to. Let's talk about Wanted, where the last page involves our character who was deliberately designed to try and look like Eminem, so Mark Miller could tell lies online that Eminem was interested in playing this part so that he could sell the movie. But that book ends with our lead character full close-up face shot informing the reader that this is the face he makes when he's fucking you in the ass. That's a, that's a, that's a hot one for you. We also have Nemesis, which is predicated on the brain buster of an idea of what if Batman was evil? <laughs> so then we have our millionaire genius uh, villain who not only uh, takes the daughter of a rival and impregnates her with her brother's sperm. What? But then rigs her womb so that it will collapse if a termination is attempted. Because, you know, evil. Follow this up with a moment in Kick-Ass 2 where the teenaged love interest of the hero is gang-raped by the villains and informed before it commences that it's time to find out what evil dick tastes like. So, this is not about me being a prude, Caitlin listeners. My favorite comic is Preacher. Preacher features acts of violence and depravity that Mark Miller has been trying and failing to match his entire career. So why do I give that a pass? Because Garth Ennis manages to actually keep his characters human. He actually cares about them enough that he wants them to connect with a reader on that level. And he understands the most affecting moments are suggested. There is a period, spoilers for Preacher, but there's a moment, a series of time, where it's pretty obvious that Tulip, our lead female character, is being drugged and raped pretty regularly. You never see it. You see the moment before and after. Because Mark Garth Ennis, rather, is not trying to shock you, he's trying to engender empathy for the characters. Miller never gets that far. He's a nihilist. By his own admission, violence against women is a tool to illustrate how bad a bad guy is. You want a quote? You want to hear it from the man himself? Well, I, I think you're probably going to tell, tell us the exact quote. Here's a quote for you, friends. Quote, The ultimate act that would be the taboo to show how bad some villain is was to have someone being raped. You know, I don't really think it matters. It's the same as like a decapitation. It's just a horrible act to show someone's a bad guy. Unquote. That was a statement Mark Miller gave to, in an interview with the New Republic in 2013. This is not... You know, just... Uh... This is not early in his career when the world was different. This was, at best, three years ago. That quote will probably follow Mark Miller around for the rest of his life. Good. And it should. If you cannot distinguish the difference between straight-ahead physical violence and the added psychological and emotional damage suffered by survivors of sexual trauma, you should have that quote slapped in your face as much as possible, at every possible moment. Now, I am not trying to say Mark Miller as a human being is terrible. Life is never that simple. Mark Miller has a very hefty brand. He's got a large message board. He's got a Twitter following. And he leveraged all those people to basically ID and press charges against a Twitter user who was basically spent all his time to very vilely and vulgarly attack female comics creators back in 2012, including Geek Down Queen Kelly Sue DeConnick. Right. Miller said, hey, I'm in Scotland. There's not much I can do legally. Can you guys ID this guy and make sure he stops doing this shit? And he did. His followers all made that happen. 
he himself is not a terrible person. I'm not saying that. Professionally, he is a carnival barker who has been hawking cheap shock to the lowest and dumbest common denominators for almost two decades. And he will never see a penny from me again. I've heard he's mellowed out in recent years. Cool. He's never going to see a dime of my money. We always talk about nerds do better. This is how I do better. So no, Kayam, I won't be getting over the bug spray. Not this week. Not ever. Okay, thanks. Bye. Beef season over. <laughs> and uh, I might need to uh, measure his blood pressure, though, because... Swilling coffee after that is not the best idea. <laughs> no, you might have a stroke. <sighs> How are you? I'm fine. <laughs> you want to talk about some news? After that. <laughs> How do I follow that? Guy, I still love you, but you're contradicting yourself. The end. Oh, no. This is just going to turn. Oh, Follow dear. for updates on <laughs> geekdown, Facebook.com slash GeekdownPod. Oh, dear. Actually, don't. I have nothing left to say on the matter. This isn't a discussion. This is. This is. This is an outburst. The law. Yeah. I am the law. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He is the law. I left the goddamn coffee yeah. maker on and it's ticking in the background and it's all I can hear. Oh. You have, you're only allowed to be mad about one thing per show. <laughs> Pick one thing per show to Mark be mad Miller about. Mark Miller or the coffee maker. So what about, okay, when am I saving the guy in the building next to me who's learning saxophone <laughs> this summer? I, as we talked about, I have someone who's trying to learn the recorder. I think they're probably in the third grade. Um, but it is a little bit grating at nine o'clock at night. Like, I... Who, <laughs> <gasps> See, what's worse, though, because your guy went late into the night. My dude was up early. Like, I work nights, oh. so I got home at, like, 8 Saturday morning. I was going to do my Saturday show early, so I was just, like, you know, futzing around, uh, doing up the playlist. And I just hear wafting over the air. At, like, 9 a.m. Like, what, on a Saturday? At least he's trying to learn a new skill. It might Is there not... not a soundproof room he can do it in? <laughs> Apparently not. I mean, he could get egg cartons. You know what? You should just deliver some egg cartons to his door. <laughs> Please. Some, 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 you know, foam. Some memory foam I find in, in the Parkdale trash. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, Lord. Uh, well, let's talk about some news. Uh, happy th- fun news. It actually is happy fun news. It's good news for you. It's Here, good news for me. Here's one for you. At an event at the Smithsonian, kind of talking about Marvel Civil War and... Uh, general marvel cinematic universe news uh we don't know what exactly was said but the russo brothers were asked if they just confirmed captain marvel would be in infinity war and they kind of hemmed and hawed and went no captain barvel will be in it. <laughs> it's a totally different character um so yes if captain marvel is going to be uh in infinity war we can pretty much put to bed your concerns they, they heard your your threats from a couple weeks ago your Captain Marvel solo movie is probably safe. Yes, which I am excited about. I mean, there's always, you know, I'm 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 so excited about Captain Marvel, but I I know that that could be my downfall at the same time. <laughs> I mean, the great thing is there are two women writing the movie, and I'm hoping that they, as we've talked, do we about, not have a director for that one? I thought uh, we did. no, no, not yet. It's just Wonder Woman. Well, they, no, they they said that the director's name. And the actress and the starring actress that they're looking at have the same first name, hmm. which 
a lot of people have sort of put out their different names different pairings that it could possibly be. Um, so, I've heard this summer we will hear that's probably going to be a Comic Con yeah. announcement. Yeah, um, um, which we're so, only like a we're like a just over a month away from yeah for nerd pro um so i'm i'm really really you know excited but there is always this really oh it makes sort of my palms sweaty (laughs) and i my heart beat really quickly about you know i'm really hoping that they don't make this into a rom-com like the you know the black Uh, widow Widow, age of me no yeah they can't no they're i mean they're not that dumb they're they're not but you know i just and especially if they do have a female director i'm really hoping that that'll help it not be that there's just always a little bit of you know a little bit of palm sweat um <laughs> speaking though of black widow katie mack always just a touch upon just touch upon touch upon um so speaking of black widow yes um kevin fag 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 feige feige feig uh, that guy um head head of all things marvel movies yes he has basically said that of all the stars in avengers that do not have their own movie the the one person that they are really dedicated to making a movie for is black widow which is great which is great that's a weird parse of phrase well i mean of all the people we're not going to make <laughs> movies about the one person we might no, consider no, no. making a movie, a movie about that, that is don't black have widow. a movie yet so people are saying that, well, basically what he said is of any of the characters, they really want to make if, a Black Widow movie. If any of the rejects are going to get a movie, it'll be the Black Widow. Exactly. Sorry, Hawkeye fans. So we're really excited. I'm really excited. Although I do hold out, I do hold out hope that uh, Renner can get his freak on and do like a Matt Fraction style uh, Hawkeye Netflix series. Eh. <laughs> I, I kind of, Jeremy Renner, I'm just kind of like, eh, yeah. That's fine. He's just nuts, though. He's living his best life, <laughs> flipping properties in L.A. or whatever, and giving batshit crazy interviews to yeah, Playboy. He gives pretty crazy interviews. Uh, that'll, well, that'll be good. Yeah. It's far overdue. Yeah. <laughs> Probably should have happened like at least on the heels of Winter Soldier. Yeah. Or Winter Soldier should have been the... Or, yeah, Winter Soldier should have been the Black Widow The Black Widow. It should have been Black Widow, Winter Soldier, like, basically, because it was her movie anyways. Uh, And all of this news is relevant because, surprise to no one, I haven't seen numbers yet. I'm just assuming that uh, Civil War, which came out this weekend, has demolished every box office. Uh, Stupid Matt was late for work on (laughs) Friday night, Thursday night, because he had to go see it. (laughs) It's like, where are you? It's like, Civil War is so long. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it was really funny. Uh, I attempted to go see... Uh, Superman versus Batman. Oh my god, you we, are such a contrarian. We were just, no, no, I didn't say I wasn't going to see it at all. I just knew it was terrible, but I still wanted to see it. But then we were like, that or the Jungle Book? And we went to go see the Jungle Book <laughs> instead. So. I just want to sidebar for a minute this whole idea of like, we're like fanboys have to like pick a side. What do you mean? Because sometimes, you know, when like Civil War comes out, you see the memes of like, you know, two joggers. And Marvel comes up and runs past DC type of thing. It's like, you know, it's like, oh, Marvel's winning, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, okay, cool. If if DC's screwing the pooch, that sucks. But I don't know. I just, it's the same thing with like the console wars. It's just such a pointless thing to stake your your heart or love into. It's like you're all getting stuff you like though though to, yes you, we would all like dc to do better but i was gonna say though you are you talk about it all the time how you are such a dc fan 
but you always bring it up. But it's so. But I'm not like out here like fuck Marvel. I just like for take me. <laughs> I am the perfect example. I have there is no side I'm on except when somebody does something stupid. Yeah, like I would like to see DC do better. I don't. I don't have a horse in the race. Like I don't because if it was a competition, Marvel won already. Like it's like they're going to keep winning, and who cares if they do? I'm not seeing any of that money. Like. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Unless they do eventually decide to pay us out for all those ideas we've been giving them. Yeah. Or, you know, they decide to look at, you know, how much money I've given them retroactively over the years <laughs> in the form of a dozen long boxes in my parents' house. And they say, you know what, Fatty? Here's here's a five spot. I would take it. That's sandwich money. <laughs> it's all about the sandwich money. <laughs> Moving um, on. Is there any other news on your um, side? Um, we are the worst people to talk about Game of Thrones because we record on Sundays. Hours before the next episode yes. of Game of Thrones. So when you listen to this episode, you're going to want to hear our hot takes on episode three. Yeah, we won't have seen episode three until after we record. I definitely won't have seen episode three. <laughs> and Caitlin won't have seen anything. I just watch clips on YouTube. Yeah, basically, we just talk about Game of Thrones to fill in blanks for Caitlin so she can get all the news about the show and all the plot details yeah. without having to watch any of the awful shit. Yeah. So do you have any questions? Spoilers if you haven't seen. Super spoilers. Uh, episode two of season six of Game of Thrones. But if you're like me, you probably woke up on Monday morning and Facebook spoiled everything for you regardless. Not even people on your Facebook list, but like the trending bar on the side. Yeah. Like I got home and it was like trending. Kit Harrington, actor discusses ending of new episode of Game of Thrones. And I was like, huh. I highly doubt he was giving a bunch of interviews talking about how Jon Snow was still dead. Though that would have been awesome. <laughs> that would have been awesome. Um, So my idea that Jon Snow was just going to remain dead the entire season did not come to pass did not come to pass if you had episode two on the over under poll you uh you get the pot you have to split the pot yeah which i guess is exciting i guess as as a book reader did you think that was i guess it's left even more unclear in the book because you because yeah he just gets stabbed that's how it ends up you don't see a body or Mm -hmm. anything there's no attempt to resurrect him he's just gets stabbed a whole bunch of times very caesar-esque that's where the scene is left and you don't really know what happens but a lot of people have been like we know he plays a huge part of the story like Mm -hmm. we just know but then again george r R. martin could be like well the tv show did a whole bunch of stuff and i'm just gonna like totally go (laughs) off the rails now george might just be like you know what Doctor Who shows up like that, <laughs> like that's it. Um, so I mean, I, I, I even though they are moving beyond the books, and a lot of people have complained about that. Boy, do they! I think it's kind of interesting because I'd really like to know about a lot of the other story threads that they don't talk about. Hey, yeah, and you're still book readers. You're still gonna have the books. You can still, you know, you may have gotten your uh, superiority taken away from you as far as like knowing what happens on the show. <laughs> George might throw it all out and do a bunch of different stuff and you'll still get your like, you know, 70 pages of offshoot, you know, musings about some forgotten family in, you know, the Iron Islands or some shit like, you know. Yeah. The the greater world will still be there for you and George will still go down little tangents about, you know, what the finer points of Dornish wine or whatever the hell he's going on about <laughs> in the books. And you can just, you know, take solace in the fact that the richness of the world you will still get that tv viewers like me who have no intention of reading the books will never get and and that's the same thing with the the harry potter right um uh watching harry potter is very different than reading harry potter Mm -hmm. um there uh there was a really great visual idea of this where it's like the tip of an iceberg and it's like the movies and then 
under the water, yeah. the giant expanses, yeah, yeah, yeah. the books. Um, there's so if if you're just reading it to know what happens. You can probably just not read the rest of the books, like, <laughs> basically. Um, but if you're reading to really get enveloped in the world, then that's always going to be there for you. Yeah, and the same same goes to Game of Thrones. Uh, what else happened this episode? Roose Bolton axed. Yeah, that's exciting. Axed out by uh, by Ramsay, who was like, oh, tubby wife had a, had a kid. And that was really sad. That was really sad. Yeah, um, especially dogs. Like, what is... <laughs> Oh, I, we know what's wrong yeah, with them. He's a- I heard somewhere it's like, it's so weird to consider that this episode was kind of uplifting. <laughs> <laughs> when at the same time, you know, a young mother and her infant were eaten by dogs. But like, we all yeah. came away from that episode being like, woo! <laughs> Tyrion talked to dragons and... Yep, and, and didn't get eaten by John, dragons. John Snow's alive. So yeah, Tyrion talking to dragons. There's a fan theory that he's got Targaryen blood in him as well. Have you heard this one? Yeah. The, like he, <laughs> it could be anybody at this point. Everyone's got Targaryen blood. Oh, man. The Mad King was just raping like crazy. Or it was like Dongs Around the World, like that song from SNL. <laughs> Have you not seen that song? Oh, it's fantastic. No, please sing it for me. Um, I will not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hadn't heard that theory. That the reason why Tyrion is a dwarf and because he can like at least kind of converse with the other two dragons that Daenerys had locked up is that uh, the Mad King had raped Tywin Lannister's wife. Or Tyrion's just amazing. Or he's just awesome. It's Listen, he drinks and he knows things. Like how to talk to dragons. I wish I was Tyrion Lannister. <laughs> talk about living your best life. He drinks <laughs> and he knows things. Who, what else What else do you need in life yeah. than that, people? Um, and, oh, I have seen the preview for episode three. Yeah, so this whole uh, the whole R plus L equals J thing is probably all but a given at this point, right? They're spending a lot of time showing yeah. early Winterfell. We kind of a lot of people thought that pretty early on into the books. Um, but my big thing is I want to know who or what they brought to uh, uh, which Bolton is it the crazy one. Uh, Ramsey. Ramsey. Um, so there's like a scene, and they're like, "Oh yeah, somebody and I, shows up, and we don't know who that is." I want to know if it's Rickon, and I will cry if Rickon oh, dies. Oh come on, no, it can't be. Oh no, why y'all? <laughs> Oops. Why are you bumming me? Oh, sorry. You bumming me out like that. I'm really hoping it's not, but I'm just Man, scared it is. Rickon. Who else would he be so? Ex- they'd be so excited to like give him. And we're all feeling way too good after episode two, right? So yeah. it's basically going to be. Kit Harrington gave a big long interview with uh, with Entertainment Weekly following episode two, basically talking about how weird it is to uh, live your life <laughs> for a year, essentially lying to everyone. Yeah, um, and he did this apology thing. I saw that. this like video, being like, "I'm so sorry like, for lying." He even lied to Obama. <laughs> Obama asked him what happened, and he lied. Yeah, we're all feeling way too good about it. I know. The scene, sorry, spoilers for tonight's episode. If you haven't seen it, skip ahead like, you know, two minutes. I've heard mentioned there's a, Harrington mentions, the one thing he did say in this interview was that Melisandre or somebody asked him like what he saw while he was dead. And he's just like nothing. Uh... It's like there's nothing. So he comes out of it. You know, if what's, what's resurrection happy dude names, Derek. What? Uh, the guy from the bannerhood of the brotherhood of banner, banner, <laughs> banner banner of, of brothers, bannerhood of band brothers, whatever they are. Derek Bonder, the guy who gets resurrected all the time. He got resurrected in, like, season two. This is how we got to, like, this is why we knew this was a thing. Oh. He, he fought the hound with the flaming sword Are you sure it was season two? Season two or season three. Um, might have been that I haven't seen season three. 
he fought the hound he got resurrected um oh also, Derek bondarian is that his name i don't know anyway he's like super awesome about getting resurrected he's like hey lord light will bring me back it's fine john apparently is like don't ever do that again okay i'm here cool this is fine if i die again don't do that don't bring me back like he's not he's kind of not cool with it so he's going to be interesting changed to some extent interesting i'm hoping he'll be a little bit more bold because <laughs> in the books he gets you know at first he's kind of whiny and he's like no i don't want to go and i want to go with you and blah 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 as he was in the show yeah. and but throughout the books he really becomes a stronger person and a leader and you don't i don't think you see that as much in the show maybe and not as much you do see it um when he like stands his ground about what to do about the wildlings and there was a huge i mean this is all like not book stuff like where they go north of the wall and fight a bunch of white walkers and the knights the knights king is there like that's in the books that's in the books yeah is it yeah i thought everybody lost their shit when the knights king first showed up because he like hadn't even been like mentioned or like seen in the books at all what I don't know. Maybe I'm going crazy. Maybe uh, I'm mixing up things in my head. Get out, get at us, SCOF fans, <laughs> if you uh, stands, if you have can fill in those details. Yeah, but no, he was getting a little more bolder, which is what makes the tragedy of him getting like shanked down by by the crows such a such a tragedy at the end of season five. But join us next time for Jordan oh. fills in <laughs> Caitlin on Game of Thrones, and we talk about previews for the next um, episode. I don't think there were any tits in this episode either. What? I'm trying to think. What about when Daenerys meets that new Kalasar? Nope. Nope. There were no tits there. Oh. <laughs> Somebody mentioned like she's now going to have to go live with like you know the <laughs> the real housewives of the Dothraki. <laughs> like, that's, that's where she's ending up. Which is funny because at the, in the books sh- this is mentioned in like the first book or second book I guess after like Caldrogo dies. They're like you have to go live with oh that the widows the widows up. and she's like. Fuck that shit. Actually, I'm just going to take this whole... Oh, hell, what are they called? Uh, Kalasar. Kalasar. This Kalasar is mine now. Okay, and moving on, though, we have two little bits of news. Two, two little bits, one of which is probably... There's a lot of things, I think, that you know we talk about on this show. News that you could get anywhere, and then there are things that I think <laughs> only this show would bring you. And Caitlin McKinnon, something I never would have even known about, hit um, me. Uh... There is going to be the craft sequel. Light as a feather, stiff as a board. Light as a feather, stiff as a board. Which was so important to me as <laughs> too, a too, young girl. Too many women of a certain age, I think. Basically just the line, um, we are the weirdos, sir. Like just that is basically was like, yeah, I am a weirdo and it's fine. Um, that was very important. And, you know, that short time when I tried to become a witch, um, <laughs> as all girls who watched the craft did. Uh, but, yeah, they're they're not making a reboot of the series. They're actually making a sequel, which is something I wish more people would do. A sequel? Yeah. So, like... 20 years later. So, like, Firuza Balk and Neve Campbell are going to be in this? That I don't think. I think it's just basically 20 years after sort of this stuff has happened, the... Another set of oh, girls. New, new characters, I but think, same world, same. Yeah. Um, so. In the same continuity. Exactly. Which I, again, I wish more things would do mm-hmm. because I think, like, for me, I know there's a whole, we've talked about Ghostbusters before and people are like losing their minds. And uh, what's his face? The other Feg? Feg? You gotta watch your pronunciation. <laughs> don't know how to say his name i believe the head of marvel is kevin no, feige and the director of ghostbusters is paul feig feig okay the only difference is an e at the end of their last name okay so he hates 
geek people. Doesn't guy specifically? Doesn't the Ghostbusters trailer have like the most dislikes on any YouTube video right now? I think basically, it just got beat by a Call of Duty trailer. But. So basically, all these uh, what, what, what geek frat boys? Like I don't know what to call them. Yeah, we, somebody needs to come up with a, a name for that. Basically, uh, all the white bros who are into geek shit who don't like when women or people of color they would much rather have seventy year old Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd yeah. running around. Than new characters. So basically they banded together to downvote a trailer on YouTube. That'll show them. This is what they've done with their time. <laughs> Anyways. Um, Lord almighty. So he, the director has talked about how much he hate. Like he's just been getting hate mail. Yeah, I'm sure his, like, I'm sure his mentions are just a delightful place to visit. Well, I was going to say hate mail like a, a woman in comics or something. <laughs> like, you know, that kind of level. <laughs> Who do you think I am? A female comics writer? Yeah. A games journalist? How dare you? Yeah. Um, but I actually think, going back to what we were talking about, um, I think Ghostbusters set in the same universe as the originals, but however many years later, I actually think that would have been really interesting. Yeah, and it's what I thought it was going to be until the trailer came out. Yeah. And it was revealed it was basically just a cross-play fanfic of the original. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll, we'll, see. we'll see what happens with both Ghostbusters and the Craft sequel. Um, and finally, so important to my three-year-old self, there is going to be <laughs> Cats the musical Musical on film, finally. They have never released like a Well, I think Cats as like a movie? I think they're gonna make it into a film. Like a live action film. Like how they did with Hairspray more recently and yeah. I guess Jesus Christ. I think, Super, I think that's the what's opera. Be. Because I know for a fact because they did definitely record um the stage because I watched it when I was a child <laughs> and I obsessed over it for years and I had this shirt that was pink that had cats on it and it was like tied you know when they used to cut the bottoms of shirts oh do i and they would tie it into knots i used to wear that shirt all the time even in the winter in the dead of winter exposing my my navel to to the world and my little pudgy tummy <laughs> um and i i i don't even remember it i just remember it being I, like loving i just want to salute young caitlin for just <laughs> for just going out there like that in ways that current caitlin never would she would no. be horrified to pull that off now no that's why, to you young caitlin that's why i can't wait to get pregnant like the minute I get pregnant, I'm going to be like, I can expose my tummy. I'm pregnant. Even if I'd be like three weeks and I'd be like, this isn't fat. This is pregnancy weight. What Bo- are you talking about? Body image positivity, sweetie. You could do it now. Yeah. If you really wanted to. Yeah. I'm working on it. All right. When I'm 30. <laughs> it's gonna, when I'm 30, it's going to happen. <laughs> if you're at Caitlin's 30th birthday extravaganza, she's going to like kick down the door in that actual cat's t-shirt she had when she was a child. Just like, look at all this. <laughs> Oh, dear. I'm so sorry, everyone. Um, Anyways, I think that's it for news. That's it for news. So when we return, Caitlin and I will commence the second part of the show where we discuss the things we each brought the other to see how that went over. I suspect, for one of them at least, it didn't go over very well. Should make for a very good conversation. It'll be interesting. We'll be back in a moment. See you then. Thank you for rejoining us for the second half of the show. Uh, this is the part where Jordan and I talk about the thing we gave each other to view or read or look at. Um, and uh, to start, we have three rules. 
There are three rules. First rule. I thought you were going to do it this time. The rule of three. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's great. Thanks. Uh, so <laughs> the rule of three, which means that we have to watch three episodes or read... I guess, three installments, if it's a multi-installment thing. What else? Uh, anything that runs in parts. We haven't figured out books yet. The last time last time one of us got a book, I just ended up plowing through the whole thing. Um, which basically just means if it runs episodically, whether that's issues, episodes, any sort of installment. We both had TV shows this week. We had to watch three, regardless of if we liked it, loved it, or hated it. You have to watch three to get a sense of... What the show is trying to do, because usually a pilot or a first episode is not enough. And you can, of course, go beyond that, but you have to at least watch three. Yes. Uh, The second rule is no tipping of the hand. No tipping of the hand. Can I propose a more elegant name for rule number two? Yeah. Save it for the pod. Save it for the pod. Hashtag save it for the pod. Um, Which, same as, you know. No tipping in the hand. Uh, basically, any sort of thing we want to tell the other but what we're watching, we have to save it for the pod. Whatever thoughts we have about the thing, if we are like exploding with rage or delight or excitement, we cannot tell the other person until we are sitting in front of these mics. Which is very, very difficult. Um, and the third, which is more of just a policy rather than a rule, which is... Uh, uh, they're going to be spoilers. More than likely. If it yes. is relevant to the conversation and the discussion about what we liked or did not like about the thing we were watching, spoilers will come up. Yes. So if you're one of those people who absolutely cannot stand spoilers, you got to hit the road. <laughs> you're out of here. Out. You have to go. Yeah. So yes, uh, you now, if you've downloaded the episode, you know what we're talking about. If you had any interest in ever watching the BBC version of Being Human or Kill La Kill, time to go. Yep. See ya. Bye. All right. And uh, I think this week I'm going first. Yes. So that means that you're talking, we're talking about the thing I gave you. Yes. Okay. So as you've just mentioned, the thing I gave you was the UK version of being human, or I should say the original and best version of being human. <laughs> the original version. This was a show. Yes. I don't know when. Re- fairly recently, um, wasn't it? Is it, it was- still ongoing? No, it is not. Uh, so being human ran from February 2006 to March 2013. But the redo. The American version. Did no. that come and go like a fart? Like it's been no. gone already? Or? Oh, oh, the American... I have no idea. <laughs> I don't even care. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they canceled it because it was terrible. Uh, I watched like the first two episodes and I wanted to die. There were five seasons of the original BBC version. Yes. Um, and it ran on BBC Three. Uh, you can probably download it, find it somewhere if you're interested. It is on Netflix. Oh. All five series. Fantastic. The whole thing on Netflix. Um, it was created by Toby uh, Whithouse. He's done a whole bunch of British stuff. You won't know him for anything particular, but he's an actor as well as a creator and writer. He's written some Doctor Who stuff. You know, just one of those people who floats about and makes stuff. Um, it stars three people. Uh, <laughs> what? It does. It does star three people. Yeah. Is it to list them off? They're, but... they're, it, the show features people, and these are them. These are the three main cast members, which is uh, L- Lenora Critchlow, I think, um, who plays a ghost. Uh, Russell Tovey, who plays a werewolf. And Aiden Turner, who plays a vampire. You might know Aiden Turner as a dwarf in The Hobbit, the one who falls in love with the elf, which is stupid. So stupid. Uh, listen, my one initial takeaway from this was like, did that guy just like blow up in England? 
Yeah. For like being a sex symbol and dreamy. Like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I still had never heard of him. Oh yeah, yeah. He was and in a whole bunch of anything, but I British saw that. Stuff. I saw that dude and was like, if he's not like appearing in like every shirtless Calvin Klein ad in Britain right now, <laughs> they are not it doing was, something It wasn't right. that bad, but definitely after being human, he ended up being in a whole bunch of different British stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you sort of couldn't get away from him, and then all of a sudden he was in The Hobbit. Um, the series is basically a mix between a um, what they call a uh, a flats comedy. Uh, which is people people living in a house together and supernatural horror drama Um, because as I mentioned there is a ghost a werewolf and a vampire and it's not like part of a joke Uh, there are kind of crazy things that go on in the series Jordan what are your your thoughts on being human Seems like you're on an upward tick every time you give me something British I tend to come (gasps) back and go like this is the best British thing you gave me thus far Maybe that's damning it with faint praise, I don't know, but this was the best British thing you had given me thus far. Oh, fantastic. And I will chalk this up pretty directly to the charisma of the three leads. Yeah. All those actors are... Fantastic. Really good. They play off of each other very well. Um, there, there wasn't even one that I could say like was like a standout. So I only got to the first three. Each of the first three kind of centers around one of them. Yeah. Like the pilot, which... By the way, you had a big issue with All-Star Superman just kind of like throwing you in. Mm -hmm. The pilot really just throws you in to the point where I checked like three times to make sure like, am I on the right episode? Like, is this this actually episode one? Because you start seeing dead Annie on the ground. Yeah. And you're like, okay, cool. And it's just a boom. You don't see how they meet. You don't see how they're living together. They're just like, oh, okay. Those two work in a hospital. The two guys work in a hospital and they all live together. And that's just how it is. You didn't see any of that. And I thought that was a little clunky the way that played out but i mean as you get through the episode you you get get over it um that first episode dealt more with like vampire stuff the second episode dealt more with werewolf stuff and the third episode dealt with uh annie and ghost stuff yes so in those first three episodes i didn't even think one like stood out as better than the other because i liked all of them and i was happy to like have an episode that centered around each of their stuff i'm probably least interested in the vampire stuff right now yeah which might be unfortunate i get the sense the vampire stuff is going to be the driving force of the first series they're definitely antagonists, mm. by and large, in the series. Um, and I'm not usually a fan of typical, like, Western horror. Like, right. vampires and werewolves and that type of stuff. What, not a Twilight fan? That's <laughs> Surpri- crazy. Surprisingly not. There was a moment in episode two where, like, the... <laughs> what's what's the highfalutin name for werewolf transform... For being... For werewolfism? Um, like, like, go... Like, oh my god... I can't say it now ah. that you said it. Like, lycanthropy? Yes. Lycan- like That's definitely how it's spelled. I don't know if we're pronouncing it right, but there's a description of the uh, lycanthropic <laughs> transformation. Because I'm sorry. I know it's a, he's a lycanthrope. I know that's how you say it, mm-hmm. but lycanthropy, I think that's right. <laughs> I think that's right. There's a description of that transformation. Um, and maybe if you read a lot of books like this, you know, it's described in similar fashion, but I haven't read a lot of those books aside from like maybe Cycle of the Werewolf by Stephen King when I was like, you know, 12 because I had Bernie Wrightston illustrations in it. Shout out to all the <laughs> 80s kids <laughs> chilling in the big V looking at the paperbacks. But that description of like how the organs shrink and like the actual pain involved in it yeah. was like, because otherwise you're just watching this dude like scream and go like, ah, but like there's like a voiceover describing what's happening to him. And I was like, that's cool. I like that. Yeah, they're just the characters are just all really 
charismatic. Like all three of them, the chemistry they have together really carries the show. I thought there was going to be a moment after the pilot where like, Oh, the vampire and the ghost inadvertently kiss. And I'm like, Oh God, this is this where we're going. <laughs> that doesn't come up again. I don't know if it does. I like the kind of, you know, nebbish quality of the werewolf. So the, the crux really is while there's a whole like vampire political thing going on in the background, but it's really, the show's called being human because the characters specifically Mitchell, the vampire and George, is that the, I think so. Werewolf? Yeah, that sounds right. George, the werewolf are basically trying to pass for being human. human. Yeah. Mitchell has gone, quote, on the wagon. He doesn't kill. He's kind of gone cold turkey from from drinking blood. And the two of them are trying to, like, be part of the neighborhood. Like, there's a moment where they have, like, the neighbors over. Yeah. Um, George is very much thinks this is a disaster. He, like, is trying to kind of keep his condition, like, isolate himself. Like, I'm in this neighborhood because it's quiet and no one will notice me. I work in a hospital so I can get to this, like, morgue isolation room once a month and just, you know change wild out and be a werewolf for one night a month and just not hurt anybody yeah um that sort of thing and annie of course is trying to sort of manifest herself more in the human world yeah they played real that was my one thing especially after the annie centric episode uh which i thought was uh well done going into how she died and and why she has remained I also did like the character of the, uh, I forget his name. The but boyfriend? The, the, the Morrissey-loving. No, the ghost is oh, with her. The yeah. Morrissey-loving, uh, Smith's-loving, you know, loves being a ghost, <laughs> loves being death, be- loves being dead because there's no fun in life type of thing. Basically, being a dead ghost is everything an 80s goth kid could, uh, could, could hope ever, for. Could ever hope for. But that was my only critique there. It was, it was really focused on her, and it's like, they keep grabbing stuff and carrying stuff and moving around, and I was like playing real fast and loose with this can i at least like get a representation of what that looks like to a normal person like <laughs> well it's a floating casserole dish going down the street and nobody noticed like one of my favorite things is is the tea she makes like 11 cups of tea and there's just tea because it's one of the only things she can do that's mm-hmm. human-esque and sort of routine and but there's cups of tea everywhere <laughs> i don't know if that's in the third episode or not but it comes up and it's fantastic there's just a moment where like you know they went to go have whatever the ghost name, have his kind of fun. And he's like browsing for records and putting records in her hands. I was like, you're just like at a shop. Like nobody knows that these records are just like floating in midair. Like as they say, muggles don't notice much. (laughs) This is a constant thing. Perhaps. Uh, That was my only like, okay, this thing, this thing you're pushing it. Uh, I did have a note that as at least until, I saw the preview for the fourth episode. I didn't know what Annie's role was really supposed to be. Right. Because um, she just kind of hangs out. Most of the action centers around Jordan and Mitchell. And yeah. she doesn't really like leave the house. And then she starts leaving the house more. And it looks like maybe as a result of things we learn. I won't spoil it for you, friends. But after she finds out how she died, um, the emotional after effect of that starts manifesting in more like telekinetic type stuff. She's like, seems to manifest some sort of paranormal abilities that can affect the physical world and that might play more of a role in the show yeah i don't know that i have a strong like super like of it but i didn't have any like dislike of it do you think you would continue watching it if you had nothing else to watch possibly at least the first series and at least up to like you would have to tell me um, from what i gathered from looking at the list of episodes on netflix this is another one of those british shows that by like series three everybody bounces and you have a bunch of new characters well season three or after season three um the guy who plays aiden the vampire or no he plays aiden's his name mitchell the vampire mitchell the vampire sorry uh that actor actually 
uh, has left mm. um, because I guess he wanted to go work on other things because he's a heartthrob and mm. everyone wanted him for stuff. Getting that Hobbit money. Um, but the other two stick around for season four, and okay. then it's sort of like an all new cast for season five. Because when you go on, like when you go on Netflix, the like show image is like three completely different people. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, they do that a lot. And I mean, obviously, like you said, a lot of it was the driving force and the charisma of the three main characters. Like I like these three better than anybody in Misfits. Okay, like as far as sure. like for like again ranking all the British stuff that Caitlin's ever given me. <laughs> I just yeah, I liked all these characters. I again, it's one of those things. I don't know when I'll get around to it. I feel like I have a long list. I feel like I say that about everything you give me. Well, that that's the same with me too. It's you massive <laughs> list at this still, point. Still waiting on Caitlin to get through Mitch going Hotchin. <laughs> but yeah, it was of all the things you've given me that are British. This may be also because I don't know. I feel like it's to a certain extent the least British of the British. <laughs> interesting i think it's so british do you yeah i see i didn't really see that much at all oh maybe that's why someone thought it would make a good american television show um i don't know it's not, it's not super accenty like nobody's oh you and the accent thing when they start busting out you know british slang i'm just like uh, but, uh, <laughs> i just i just i just zone out um i didn't really feel like this had much of that i'm curious enough to know like and it's like, it's a British series, right? There's six episodes. So, like, I'm halfway through the first season. Will I watch the next three? Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to see what happens. I well, Even I haven't, I didn't, I didn't watch season five. No? No. I got to, like, season four and I was like, eh, I'm done. <laughs> I'm, I don't really need to watch season five. I might. Well, if, I, knowing by that it's point, on Netflix. By that point, the people you were there for yeah. had all left, so. And it's not still ongoing? They aren't still trying to ring this mm. out with new characters? No, or? I don't think so. Right. I mean, they said, what did I say, 2013 it ended? That's a... This three years ago. Oh, did it? Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, they could always... I, they, they're not super big, besides Doctor Who, obviously. They're not super big with, like, relaunching mm. stuff in Britain. They kind of, like, let stuff die. Um, but you never know. I mean, it was one of the most successful things on BBC. So, yeah. So, they may they may decide to, to revamp it. And, ha! Revamp it. Get it? But um But, uh, no, I think it's it's done for now. And don't watch the American version, everyone. Just do not watch the American version. Uh, yeah, don't watch the American one, but somebody was. They got four seasons out of this That's thing. That's ridiculous. That um, is ridiculous. Yeah, so, uh, it's 26 times 50 days. I've got 52 episodes out of that thing. What? Yep. Ugh. <laughs> Actually, I do have a friend. I think it's Ren. Who watched it? Oh yeah, I think Ren. If this is wrong and you hated it, I'm so sorry. But I, I think someone had said, "Oh, I really like it," and I was like, "You're the worst." Yeah, because I thought it did better. I thought I remember hearing that it stuck around longer than you're giving it credit for. But yeah, yeah. four seasons out of that thing. Awful. Well, I can't speak to that. Caitlin says no. Caitlin says definitely watch the British one. I say watch the British one too. If I'm giving it uh, kick punches, I'll give it like a seven point five. That's that's pretty good. I'm sure that doesn't hold up to things I've <laughs> said I didn't like as much and gave higher <laughs> ratings to. We're working on it. Um, no, it's it's all the three characters. I really liked all of them. And um, they're dynamic together. Yeah, and the way they the way they work together when George and Mitchell are having like friendly type stuff. It's you know they they had a really good. All three of them had a really good chemistry from like episode the first episode. Which is funny because the first, the actual first pilot episode, they recast two of the roles. Really? Yeah. Only George the Werewolf stayed. Really? Yeah. Uh, totally different people. 
it's really have you ever done that before where you've watched a show for a really long time and then you see the original pilot and you're kind of like whoa what is going on here no i don't i haven't I haven't seen a lot of pilots like that, I guess. Oh, um, one of the... I guess the only one I know of is, like, off the dome is, like, New Girl, which had, like... Oh, really? Damon Wayans Jr. was on it. Oh. In the um, first episode, and then he got another show. So when episode two came, they had to find a different black guy. Oh, yeah, and they mentioned that, actually, in the And series, actually, Damon yeah. Wayans came back by, like... Because the show he went to go do got canceled, and he came back to New Girl for, like, two seasons. Right. Oh, okay. I know that they mentioned it, and they're like he's his friend yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um no the the weirdest example is for uh star trek voyager the role of captain janeway mm-hmm. uh was actually for the pilot episode was um played by a different actress a french canadian actress um and her name wasn't Catherine janeway it was like something french janeway kathleen janeway <laughs> yeah and um and obviously they reshot it uh reshot it with um kate mulgrew who is one of my favorite people in the entire world. Um, but yeah, it's super weird. You can watch it on YouTube and it kind of makes your brain hurt a little bit because it's all the same scenes, just mm-hmm. a different person. It's like a parallel universe. And it never made it to air because no, I, I no. watched Voyager for um, at least the first season from originally from when it first aired. Yeah. So how did you see this with the being human? Did you just like hunt it down because you roll that deep? Or? No, I just, I think I was downloading it and it said pilot episode and oh, okay. I went to watch the pilot episode and went, whoa, what did I download? These people are not. <laughs> not the right people. And then they say first episode. So, mm. yeah. Well, there you go. The producers, producers could spot what worked and what didn't. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's all, it's all very interesting. Annie especially, I want to know what's going on with her and how her role continues to develop with these other two. Like I said, I don't think the overarching, you know, vampire politics plotline is going to interest me much. I saw True Blood. That's that was my fix of like <laughs> political vampire sat- yeah. satire that that filled my fix there, but I mean, for like a much smaller version of that and less insane cuz True Blood is batshit crazy. So crazy. Um for like a much smaller version of that if you want some paranormal in your like slice of life. <laughs> Sort of comedy, uh, flat comedy, I believe you call Fla- it. Sorry, flat share comedy. Flat share comedy. Uh, yeah, it does a good job of that. I definitely say give it a look. All right. And if you guys do check it out, let us know. Let us know what you thought and what your kick punch rating was. Yep, it's on Netflix. It's all You're all watching everything on Netflix anyway, so just click on over. All right. Another thing go. that's on Netflix. Oh, yeah. The thing I brought Caitlin. Oh, is it? It is. Oh, I downloaded it. Oh, I'm sorry. I that's should inform okay. you of these things it's ahead of time. fine. So... Yes. I'm sure when I told Caitlin to watch this and she got about five minutes into the first episode, or maybe even just when the opening credits were over, uh-huh. she thought I was attempting to punish her <laughs> for her distaste with All-Star Superman last week. It wasn't distaste. It just didn't click. Not the case. This is a show. Admit, Admittedly, I kind of just like went, uh, try watching that because... I was legit curious. This is a show that is not only super fan servicey. We know Caitlin has a complicated relationship with that. Maybe, it's, maybe it's maybe it's uncomplicated. Not only is it very fan servicey, it is a show that is not only beloved by anime fans, but the lion's share of that love comes from women. I don't believe it. I listen to one of the things that got me back into anime was the IGN Anime Club podcast. At the time, was hosted by four women universally love this show i think there is something wrong with them (laughs) we will find out what caitlin thinks is wrong with them (laughs) when we begin our discussion of kill la kill 
Let me give you some background on Kill La Kill. I know what it means. I don't know what it means. What does it mean? Um, it means uh, cut and wear. It's an actual fashion term? Or? No, it just um, uh, the, the pronunci- sorry, pronunciation mm. of that word, um, which I can't do, it can be used for cut and cut and sew. Or oh, cut yeah, and I think wear. I might have seen something like that. I think it's cut and sew. As well. I can't remember, but something like that. So this was the first television series. Uh, it debuted in 2013. It ran for 24 episodes, and it was produced by a studio called Trigger, which was made up of former employees of Studio Gynax, which is a company that has come up before. This is a legendary studio that did uh, Evangelion and Nadia the Blue Water and Royal Space Force and His and Her Circumstances and a bunch of other shows like that. Um, this is a studio made up of veterans of like Fooly Cooly, FLCL, and Gurren Lagan and shows like that. They left to form their own studio and Kill the Kill was their first project. I would say it tries to take a magical girl show and run it through the tropes of shonen. So if shonen is that like, if you don't know a lot about anime and you're thinking about what usually makes it over to North America when you're thinking about Dragon Ball, Naruto, Bleach, and all that, it's usually about some kid who wants to be the best of something and he has a continual upward progression of getting stronger and until he finally beats, you know, the one nemesis he's been chasing the entire show because they killed somebody or destroyed a village or who knows mm-hmm. wrong them in some way. This show takes those tropes and blends it with the fashion transformations of a magical girl show like Sailor Moon or Cardcaptor Sakura or things like that. Yep. The genesis of this show, uh, as Caitlin said, if the title is a riff on the uh, idea of the pronunciations being similar to cut and wear, cut and wear, cut and wear or cut and sew or something like that. The idea for this show generated when the director noticed that the pronunciations of the Japanese pronunciations of fascism and fashion were very similar. Right. And that the pronunciation of the words for a Japanese school uniform and conquest are identical. Seriously? Seifuku. Ah. Seifuku, which is uh, the Japanese kind of sailor uniforms that they wear uh, in Japanese uh, high schools. And the word for conquest, apparently, the pronunciations are exactly the same. So this is a show where our heroine, a girl named Ryuko Matoi, goes to a uh, academy. Surprise! Surprise! It's always at an academy called the, oh, I can never pronounce it right, Hon, which is called Honji. <laughs> Let's call it that. It's like the Honji Academy. To find information for who killed her father. And she suspects the person responsible or who has the information is the head of the Honji Academy, the student council president, the cold and dazzling, dazzling light shines whenever she steps out <laughs> under her precipice. Uh, Satsuki. What the fuck's her last Something, something. Kirin. Kirin Satsuki. <laughs> her name is getting yelled all the time on the show. Uh, Satsuki Kirin. And this sh- academy is basically, God, what is it? It's like, it's like objectivist, <laughs> the, the philosophy behind the academy. All the students are uh, ranked. They all have different abilities. Well, okay. So it starts with they're all ranked, but d- depending on how well they do, they yes. get special uniforms that enhances their power. Yes. And there are Goku uniforms. I don't know what the word Goku actually means. I'm sure it's not an unintentional nod to Dragon Ball Z. No. Um, but you go from a zero ranking, which means you don't get an outfit and you're not good at anything, yes. to uh, a three-star ranking. Which the like 
other members of the student council have those. Yes. And uh, also, depending on your ranking, your family gets to live in better accommodations. So the yes. school basically runs the whole city. Yes. It's at the, the city's kind of built on a hill, and at the top of it is the academy. And then you move down, you have condos and uh, better off apartment buildings until ultimately you get to the slums, which is where all the no-star students uh, live. So Ryuko is aided in her quest for... Uh, revenge and news about information about who killed her father by her uniform. A sentient uniform. Named Senketsu. Which drinks her blood. Talks to her and... Gives her powers. When necessary, feeds on her blood and transforms her into... Gives her extra strength, speed, fighting ability, and also makes her very naked. Super naked. We're talking straps and pasties and thongs. Yeah. And all that business. Mm Mm-hmm. So the show is basically tells the story of Ryuko trying to ultimately meet Satsuki in battle. Uh, I will say, as most trigger shows and as Gurren Lagann before it did, about the halfway mark, the conflict completely changes and becomes something else. Mm-hmm. I doubt Caitlin did or ever will get to that point in the show, but we are just here to talk about the first three episodes of what I'm sure made Caitlin very angry. Kill a kill. Uh, where do you want me to start? Again. I didn't give you this thinking it would make you angry. No. I honestly didn't know. I've been surprised before. And like I said, this is a show that is really, I mean, I'm basing this totally anecdotally, but I mean, women love this show. They love Satsuki, especially. Sat- okay. Satsuki is queen. So this show was really hard to watch. Um, it actually made me so frustrated. I wanted to cry um because the characters were great oh there's thunder there's thunder um i hope this doesn't shoot electricity into my face unless it gives me powers um so it was you like the characters i i liked the characters i loved her friend oh my god mako's the best mako was was the best oh she was hilarious god, so good. um i i actually really wanted to know what happened like how it evolved mm. so i actually went to wikipedia and read all the I episodes all the yeah because i really loved the plot of the show i love the idea of these like uniforms giving powers and i really love the idea of something like they they call them oh not something fi- life fibers life fibers yeah and like they like bond to you, and I loved that idea. That said, I just want to jump in there. The the suits. What I re- what really caught my attention initially in the first episodes is how this definitely falls on the batshit crazy side of anime. Like, yeah, well, not really. Well, I mean, the abilities given to like so like the two stars, yeah, are mostly extracurricular club presidents. Yes, like you automatically get a two-star uniform if you are a club president. Yeah, like head of the uh, tennis club. Yeah, so yeah, so some of the first battles that Ryoko has is against the head of the boxing club or the head of the yeah. tennis club, and you know she's fighting people with like giant spiked tennis rackets and shit. Like, yeah, which is awesome. All of that, the visual stuff is awesome. The like again, the storytelling is awesome. The characters are great. Um, there's some funny injected um that being said i cannot get past the so rape much ass. and the sexism and the misogyny and 
it it actually I'm gonna cry. Like it made me so frustrated. Where's the rape? Um so first of all, the outfit and when it tries to get on her, that mm. is supposed oh, yeah, to be yeah. specifically rape like. Mm. Um her um Mako Mako, is that her name? Her yes. her father. Um Oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 There is the teacher. Things that are all kind of in Japan would be played for laughs as like, oh, dudes are pervs. Yeah, which is, it's disgusting. Mm. Like, it actually is disgusting. Um, also, because when people are like, oh, um, pedophilia, where does this come from? This is so weird. It's when you laugh at things like this. She's supposed to be, what, 15? Yeah, probably. Um, and it, it's, like, disgusting. Like, actually disgusting. So there's all of that. Um, again, the the teacher who I know because I read that later on he he's apparently part of like this nudist thing. That's why he's An- always anti clothes. Yes, clothes are the movement. enemy of the show, basically. So, um, but he keeps on you know either in ways getting her naked or taking his clothes off. His transformation is funny because he takes his glass of, glasses off and slicks his hair back, and that's really well done. Turns into a Bashonin. Yeah. Um, so that part is funny, but the whole clothes-off thing, the fact she doesn't want to be naked and she is always put into environments where she is naked by the uniform and just by the way the school works, like Mako being, at the, in the first episode, being held upside down mm-hmm. with her underwear showing and her bra and her being terrified of that. It's supposed to be funny, but it's not. All the men constantly, like, actually legitimately, like, salivating and, like, trying to do things to see them naked. There are no repercussions. Like, all of that, it, when people talk about things like rape culture, that's what they're talking about. They're talking about this idea that you can play stuff like that for laughs. That sexual assault and sexual harassment are okay. This is your thing about who you just yelled at, (laughs) basically. Um, It's the same idea. So it's so difficult because there are parts of the show that I actually thought were legitimately amazing. I love crazy, off-the-wall weird. I can't take like sexism and I don't even know what you would call it of that level. And like the idea, so they have this sort of like justification for her, the outfit turning into, I don't even know what you want to call it. Um, BDSM wear basically is that. B- sync- they just call it synchronizing, right? Like Yeah. Well, it's basically that the idea that you like, you really need to like be naked to use the power, like, be okay being naked in yourself to use the power. Mm. That is so much bullshit. I, like, I was like, okay, I'm tapped out. Like, can't even right now, because that's the third episode. Mm. It was just stupid. And there would be, if that was actually legitimately what they wanted, of course, there are so many other ways, because she's not actually naked. She is fetishized. Mm. which is a completely different thing than being naked. So it just, yeah, that's how I feel about it, is that it's very confusing because on one hand, I'm like incensed and I'm like, everything needs to be burned to the ground. And the other side, I'm like, but there are so many elements of the show that I would love in a different context. Mm. So it's really upsetting. It's actually upsetting. So that's that's my take on it. So 
speak for your gender. What what do you attribute the fact that I don't all know. these women love this show? I don't know. I actually don't like. I could be all the things I was talking about, and maybe they've gone like, okay, so this is this is an anime made for men. That's fine. That's actually what it's for. It is specifically targeted at young men and older men. Fine. Then they're like, okay, so it's targeted to them. I mean, but- I don't know. Who, I don't know who they thought it was for yeah. when they made it. Well, that's no. That, well, that's what it says on the Wikipedia page. Does it? Yeah. They outright said. Yeah. That was it. It was. What is it called? Yeah, a shonen or what? Senjin or Sinin? Sinin. Sinin uh, is like yeah for older for older men. Yeah, that's who it's for. Okay, so maybe they're like, all right, so I know it's for older men. It's just like liking things that are traditionally for men and being like, okay, I'm going to forgive X just like I did with the Dread. Yeah, you see her tits once. Not cool, but at the same time, sometimes if I want to enjoy things, I have to be like, I'll block that out. I'm going to pretend it didn't happen because I really want to like something or I really want to be involved in something. And women have to do it all the time. Mm -hmm. All the time. It has to be like... Like, every single comic book, even though a lot of comic books are getting better with having outfits for women that are reasonable, by and large, there's going to be a whole bunch of outfits that are ridiculous. And if I want to read a comic book, sometimes I just have to be like, fine, in this world, boobs have their own gravity. Like, or she can support the weight of those boobs, and or she can twist that way when she jumps. (laughs) Like, I have to sort of be like, okay, fine. But when it's in your face like it is with this show, because that's a big point of the show, I can't deal with it. It's too much. It's overload. And I will say, so I am like in a full rewatch of this show now. The problem with giving Caitlin uh, things that I greatly enjoyed and obviously the things that are going to like that are going to resonate poorly with Caitlin are not going to resonate as poorly with me. I watched the first I rewatched the first three episodes just so I like remembered what the hell happened. This has now led to me being on like episode 16 of a rewatch. But even then, I was watching it going, oh, I don't remember it being <laughs> this bad <laughs> with the like. But again, as, as an anime fan for as many years, you know, you just take it as like, these are cultural jokes from Japan. Like, oh, nosebleeds. I saw panties. I can't do anything. Oh, I fell over because men are all sexual pigs in the first at the first blush of arousal. They like completely explode, lose their minds or implode. Uh, like there's a bit. I don't know who she was fighting, but they're trying to get. Senkatsu the uniform to Ryuko and first the dad's trying it and oh no Ryuko showed her panties and the dad like drives off the road from a nosebleed and it's like oh kid you have to get her the uniform cool and then the kid goes and oh he saw your parent saw her panties again and he like falls over and then gives it to the dog and says the dog has to go and get the uniform to her oh my god the dog saw her panties and like fell over like I forgot, I did forget how rapey the whole first, I'm sure they were going for like a horror zombie thing but it's soups rapey oh when oh, the uniform first uh yeah first comes to her yeah and every other subsequent time i mean there's only one other time that i saw that for some reason the uniform's off and then it gets some blood of hers and then it freaks out again hmm. so every time that happens it's the same situation uh the same super rapey vibe a lot of that does calm down in subsequent episodes um but she's still wearing that outfit but everybody gets naked no, they don't. Everybody gets naked. Maybe not to that extent all the time. All the student council, when they transform, they get naked. The, yeah. The but teacher's they, naked all the time. But they don't get naked to that because it's not nakedness that's the problem. It's the fetishization of a 15-year-old. But again, Everybody's naked all the time. not to that same degree. I'm not arguing for it. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that like, I, you, I, if you had said, like, it was the same thing with uh, Food Wars. 
it's not it's because it's not nakedness or i don't know sexual arousal in the same way if you depict something and you and you want to depict it then just depict it for guys as well but it's not equal and it's never equal or very rarely so that's why i get really frustrated Emily Amelia Clark, who plays Daenerys, yes. um, has talked several times, specifically about the season, about like free the pee. Like if you're gonna have, if it's gonna be death and tits, make it death and tits and excuse my language and cock. Um, oh, you got a big old swing and cock last season. Well, we get one. You guys, you guys get tits all the time, except for the last episode. Like you know, make it equal if you want to show nakedness. Like. Whatever, that's awesome. But don't say like, oh, it's about she needs to get her powers from being naked. She's not naked. She's in fetish gear. That's what she's in. And I don't know why women love it. Maybe they're just way less sensitive than I am. And they're like, fine, whatever, who cares? And they can see all the good points. And that totally outpaces what's going on with the way they treat female bodies in that show i mean not to speak for any woman i've heard or know who loves this show i think to a certain extent they find it empowering i think that's bullshit if someone come talk to me talk to me on facebook private message me tell me why this show makes you feel empowered and i'll listen but i, I just think they like that satsuki's a badass she is a badass but they've also and she gets way more nakeder than than ryuko that outfit makes no sense it's like it's upside down. It's like it makes no. <laughs> it's like it flips upside down somehow. It's like that should that should be on the upper part. Like it's sidebar. The show makes for some amazing cosplay. I guess. Um, Im- image search that sometime, friends, and shouts to all the shouts to all the women confident enough to go out into con season, <laughs> rocking that. Ugh! I just feel like I get germs everywhere. <laughs> just like yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. So again, so so difficult there's definitely two sides of my brain that are sort of like yeah all these awesome things and then all these not so awesome things again it's the tyra moment the tyra moment like, i was rooting for you oh yeah yeah there's but so see, much that could have gone right i knew i knew what to expect i've heard about kill a kill mm. um i saw the trait like i saw the intro rather like i it wasn't like oh you know i think i guess i also got really upset when they were like it's about nakedness no it's not it is not about nakedness because nakedness is very different um so yeah i and satsuki is she's a fantastic main character seeing her in these really uncomfortable sex naked moments that she doesn't want to be in is very upsetting um especially because she's supposed to be 15 or 16 or whatever so yeah that's how I feel about the show. <laughs> do, do, do. <laughs> so, yeah, if you are a woman and you love Kill a Kill, definitely let me know on Facebook or message me or email me. Um, you can't Twitter me because I don't exist. Um, I guess it kind of goes back to a thought I, ha- I thought I had earlier where it's like, and this may be the first, the first epiphany on the whole like cultural thing with me loving Japanese shit v. British shit. I think I'm like an ideas guy. Like, if your idea is batshit crazy and that's something I've never seen before, yeah, there is so much I will forgive and just, like, I'm whip, sorry. whip by. So uh, like, the clo- Mighty Boosh? Fighting. Were, were those ideas or drug-fueled hallucinations? <laughs> drug-fueled ideas. <laughs> I, I, think, I think you're being generous calling them ideas. <laughs> they are amazing ideas. 
But like, yeah, if you're just gonna like go balls out and totally commit fucking hell or high water to this clothes nakedness gives you power idea ramifications be damned i can respect the attempt and forgive the execution a lot more not that being human was bad but being human was not a like idea show like no it took a whole bunch of tropes and sort of like most uh, werewolves and vampire live together that's not exactly you know busting any brains from an idea standpoint um but the execution is done a hell of a lot better than something like kill a kill is i tend to gravitate at least initially in the first flush of enjoyment to a big idea then. And if you are a person, either male or female, who likes anime for anime's sake and doesn't care about fan service and depictions of the body like that, this show totally take a look at it. Like it was good from the sort of story standpoint and the characters and all of that. So if you're not phased by any of that, definitely check it out. I mean, the argument about fan service, and this is one I've heard multiple times, including from women I know who love Kill a Kill, is that they're fine with fan service if it doesn't come at the detriment of the story. With a show like Kill a Kill, the fan service is the story. So maybe that's why they forgive it so much. I don't know. If you are a woman who loves this show, I am very curious as well to hear why you love it. And I'll why forward you, your email to him. And why you didn't... <laughs> And why you didn't have such a strong reaction to it as Caitlin did. Is it just because you're anime fans? Is it just because you forgive that sort of stuff? Sort of creepiness? It is a discussion I'm interested in hearing just as like an onlooker. Because yeah, I was curious to hear what Caitlin thought of this. I wasn't expecting this strong a reaction. <laughs> um, I didn't think it was going to be a good one. But I mean, this is a show that is, I know many women who love. And if you are one of them, yeah, I'm curious to hear what you thought of it and why you loved it as much as you did. Also, if someone has made this show with reasonable outfits, I would love to watch it. Please send it to me. Or if you just like colored in all the <laughs> if, nakedness. If someone's recolored <laughs> the the uh, Kamui's, which is the name of the out, the what those outfits are called, Kamui's. Yeah. Yeah, by, by all means. Uh, I, I will say, though, if you've read, if you've read all the spoilers and you know everything that happens, at least just jump to that. I think it's episode seven, the one where Mako becomes the Fight Club president. Okay, that's just a super fun episode. Okay, I, I'll I, yeah, I'll just well, it, it was just really hard. Because like, it's the all Mako episode, and she's fantastic. Mako is fantastic. <laughs> Little rant she goes on every episode to, <laughs> to inspire her. Well, and this was the funny thing is that she went, goes on this rant on the third episode about being naked, yeah. and she's like, "And her boobs, your bro- boobs are way bigger than hers are." And that kind of stuff actually makes me laugh. But so, even then, I remember watching that episode and being like, "This logically, this makes no sense. What are you saying right now? <laughs> well, yeah, because she never makes any no, sense. She never but she's always like, you can do it. <laughs> what the hell was it? They're planning a trip to... I just watched this episode. They're planning like the Tri-City School Raid or whatever, where yeah. they're going to go out and overtake all these schools in the in the region. So, like, Which means that they'll take over those parts of the country. Yes. Which and, totally makes and, lots of sense. And distribute their uniforms to these schools. And Mako is like complaining... Oh, no, the battle has happened. That's right. The big, huge battle has happened. And Ryuka's about to find out, like, all the origins of her father and the nudist beach organization and all that type of stuff. Yeah. And they're like, Mako, you should go home. Like, it's it's not safe. And she's like, I don't want to leave. I don't want to leave Ryuko. And it's like, if you commit to this, do you have the do you have the willpower to, like, see it through to the end and blah, blah, blah. And Mako just goes, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> fucking love you, Mako. Um. Also, I may show Caitlin these off air, but uh, 
if you can they show them at con sometimes and you can find a bootleg uh of the english crew the outtakes <laughs> <laughs> of similar to the thundercats outtakes the, yeah uh, the bootleg videos from conventions of the kill a kill I english would english cast love to listen to that <laughs> oh my god and when yeah they never go full in on it but the the gamaguri mako relationship Oh, I don't know if I've gotten to that yet. And might not have got. Yeah, you might not even have merited a mention in like the synopses you were reading. Yeah, I but don't think so. The disciplinary committee guy, the giant blonde guy. Okay. And Mako start forming this like. <laughs> it's not quite a relationship, but like he definitely like. If she pops up, he like takes note, and it's adorable. That's funny. So yes, not to downplay, Caitlin voiced very legitimate criticisms of the show. Um, and now, so I don't want to downplay those, but the things. As, as someone who's not directly affected by the criticisms Caitlin's making, I can point out the, everyone, the things that are delightful. Everyone is affected <laughs> by the man. <laughs> the man. Yeah. This oh, is why we need feminism. God, is it even worth asking? I have two kick punch readings. <laughs> uh, one, which is for people like me who are apparently raging feminists. Um, or just, you know, people with common sense. Ka- Caitlin. Yeah. The word is feminazis. Well, I suppose so. That's that's what we that's what we use. For I like, like raging feminists because I feel like it's also like rage against the machine, <laughs> but a feminist, raging feminist, uh, which I do really like rage against the machine. So there you go. Um, no, not feminazi because I don't hold to the Nazis, Nazi parties like fascism. To us, you do. To all us men <laughs> trying to keep us down. <laughs> is that what I'm doing? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hey, I'll take note of that. Yes, the the raging the raging feminist kick punch rating is like a negative two. four. It's like a two. two. I guess I guess you could use it for it's, further discussions of how misogyny brings us all down. It's it's a show. It actually worked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it didn't break down and turn into like a opera halfway through. So I mean, no, it though that might have even been better. Um, and then for anyone who again loves fan service or just doesn't care either way um an eight like it's just it was a really good show again that's part of the thing that made me so upset is that i would have loved to watch it but i couldn't do it there's a version of this show that could have existed that you would have like for instance who sorry who is the school president or whatever her name is satsuki satsuki yes yes ryuko is the protagonist yes so satsuki she when she's first transforming, when she gets the suit her father left. Junketsu. Yeah. Junketsu. Not to be confused with Senketsu, which is Ryuko's. She, there's a moment where she's all red, like the suit's all red. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, <gasps> and then it changed. And then it all went into something that makes no sense. And I was like, oh, because if she had just worn the red suit, I was like, oh, that's amazing. And then I was like, oh, no, no. Nope. It was her, too much to hope for. Her boobs and ass are everywhere, too. So if someone just wants to color in everything with the red suit. If someone can go online and find the Kill la Kill uh, adult coloring book. <laughs> yeah. And Caitlin can then, you know, redesign all the suits. All the suits. Then that'd be great. She'd I really re- appreciate she'd that. real happy about that. Yeah. Soup's hat. <laughs> um, so, yeah, those are my ratings. All right. Fair enough. God, can I even give Caitlin anime anymore? Probably. Just make sure it's not stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Updates. Updates. You finished All-Star Superman. I did finish All-Star Superman. The second one was much better than the first one. It was was okay. I read it. (laughs) I mean... Didn't undo all of your criticisms from from last week? 
Um, no. And I well, read that article. I'm not going to say anything um, because if, if people are going to read it, I don't oh, want to spoil yes, on, anything. On the Facebook group, I posted a link to an article that posits a theory, a fan theory about uh, All-Star Superman. That yeah. if you've read the whole thing, I never heard it. Stupid Madden never heard it. Kind of blew both our minds. I don't think it holds up. No, me neither. Um, but I just... It's good. I, I just don't think the writing is that fantastic. Mm-hmm. I've Maybe it's because I've read too much. And I'm like, <laughs> all of this stuff, it's not like... I don't know why... I want to know why people love it so much. Or they think it's such a masterpiece. I'm actually now curious. Because, again, parts of it were great. There was actually... I was, t- I was telling Jordan that I was reading it a, a couple days ago and there was a part that actually made me tear up. Like We give spoiler warnings. I want to know what it was. Um, It was when Superman was leaving a message about like everything that was going on and, and talking about like... Oh, the last will of Superman? Yeah. yeah. That, that made me tear up. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was like something like he loves Lois and all of that. And that was just really beautiful. But there were things that I just was like... Eh. Like, like, for instance, if so, you see all this sort of Superman's doing all this stuff. He's going to the hospital and he's visiting people and then he's stopping a train and then all of this stuff. He hears stuff all the time. So that means that there are times when he's letting people die so he can play Clark Kent. Isn't that kind of messed up? Yeah, probably. (laughs) There you go. So there are things that just don't, I didn't think worked as well as maybe they could have um and nothing was unbelievably new or interesting that i read there is an animated version of this in dc's as is dc's habit of just going through their entire back catalog and making animated features out of classic stories that probably didn't need to exist uh they have done all-star superman i took a quick look at it to see if I thought maybe that was worth taking the third swing, maybe maybe in this form, Caitlin will like it. Uh, no, I don't think you would. It still, <laughs> still sounds like a still sounds like a Grant Morrison book. Still moves kind of as choppily as. And actually, that I didn't mind. I didn't actually think it was. I think the choppiness. I don't know if it got better. I got more used to it as I kept on reading. That mm. was fine. Could have been the latter. Again, art was fantastic. Oh, Frank Whitley. Just so good. I was so impressed with the art. And it made a little bit more sense. Still really fast, which mm. was I actually really liked. I enjoyed that. And a lot of what he was talking about, I followed a little bit more. Maybe, again, I was used to what he was doing, so it I could read it a little bit easier. There was... The Bizarro World stuff was a little hard to take. Yeah, he went super, and like, super hard sci-fi on that, so too, didn't he? So, as a child who... Had backwards days all the time. <laughs> Sometimes you can get like too into backwards, and then you don't even know what like backwards backwards is. Like if it's backwards world, then like it just gets really like down is up and up is down. And yeah, he takes the concept of Bizarro, which is the like reverse Superman. And there's like a whole world of them, isn't there? There's like a Bat Zaro and a Flash Zaro, and there's a whole Justice League of yeah. Bizarros. Oh, and then but of course there isn't a Wonder Woman Bizarro. <laughs> She's just like a statue of a fat lady. Is there? I don't remember. Yeah, that's actually remember. what she is. And that was very strange. <laughs> so. It's hard out there for the lady nerds. <sighs> it's so hard for us. Um, what else is worthy of notes? Free comic book day yesterday. I want to say shouts to the Silver Snail here in Toronto. Uh, stupid Matt and I went down after work on Saturday 
snagged all our free comics. It was a good scene. A lot of people there enjoying themselves. Yeah. A lot of kids having having good fun. Grabbed a stack of free comics that I have now read and uh, Caitlin will be making off with, including selections from The Tick and uh, a Love and Rockets sampler, which I've never really read much Love and Rockets. It was super good. I have always loved Los Brothers Hernandez. So to actually be able to read some of that work, because uh, that book is coming back for new stories. Cool. And as well, I picked up, just because I wanted to know how much she was going to hate it. What the hell is it called? DC Super, Super Girl. Girls Hold on, hold on. Powers. I'm going to go get it. And DC's attempt at uh, reaching out to that all-ages girl audience. It was, yeah, DC Superhero. Sorry, I guess I'd better get back to the mic. Huh? Oh, they can still hear you. DC Superhero Girls. DC Superhero Girls. And I've seen bits of the TV show. Oh, this is a TV show. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, they've done shorts, right? I have seen. No, no, no. It's a it's a full on TV show. Full on half an hour. Yeah, I think it's a full on like half an hour of like two fifteen twelve minute, you minute know, whatever. episodes, whatever. And it's horrifying. Superpowers, super problems. And this is the thing. It's great for really, really young, young girls. I just want to say, so she <laughs> she was looking at it when she got here, and she was flipping through it, and saw a moment where like Supergirl is like chasing her pony. And that made her really upset. And I was like, maybe don't look at the back, which features an advertisement for the dolls they are selling. At which point she looked and threw this <laughs> into a nearby chair with such force. I've never seen such rage um, from Caitlin McKinnon before. So the the TV show, as I was saying, is for good for very, very young, young, young girls. It's It's a high school television show they're in high school and they have high school problems they're not fighting villains no they are solving high school drama like what to wear to the dance legitimately who among us cannot relate to such dilemma anyways so that is my problem with it is that they should be if you're gonna have a superhero girls television show they need to be saving the universe and fighting bad guys not deciding what to do about the dance. And now some of it's like, it's all nice and morally and like be yourself and blah, blah, blah. But I, I want them to be solving epic problems. This shadowy figure is like taking out, taking them out. <sighs> well, I haven't seen it in the there's, TV there's show. stakes. <laughs> uh, very, very small stakes. <laughs> oh, and we should know as we failed to uh, mention that free comic book day was coming up last week. <laughs> Should mention that if you are in the Toronto area, next weekend, it'll be the weekend of May 14th and 15th, the Toronto Comics Art Festival is going down at the Toronto Reference Library. It it's is also a, called TCAF. It's called TCAF for short, but people don't know what TCAF stands for. I just want to be like, it's TCAF. I know, but then you need to tell them because then they'll see TCAF and they'll be like, what's that? TCAF, the Toronto Comic Arts Festival, going down next weekend at the Toronto Reference Library, which is near the corner of Bloor and Young in Toronto. It is a free event, cheap as free. You can just walk in, yep. meet creators. Uh, I don't list, can't list off all of them. The notable one uh, this year, promoting his Canadian Resistance graphic novel, <laughs> We Stand on Guard. Um, Going to be totally honest. Nobody cares about that. We all care about Saga. Writer of Saga, Brian K. Vaughn, will yep. be in attendance, along with a host of other people I am forgetting, but are probably worth your time as well. Caitlin and I might swing through. We don't know. We're discussing it. So you might see us there milling about if they let us back into the library. If they don't recognize <laughs> us from those early episodes where we were causing a ruckus. 
Um, yeah, yeah, that so- bird was causing a ruckus. <laughs> Yo, you got birds in the reference library. <laughs> reference library. Don't give us shit because we made a little noise once. Um, so yeah, definitely. If you are a comics fan, it is one of the one of the events. Uh, it's a much calmer, friendlier, less dumb, less money driven sort of version of Fan Expo. Yeah, uh, definitely. If you love comics, it's worth your time. And FYI. Don't volunteer to work all weekend and then cancel. Just putting that out there. Makes Chris Butcher real angry. <laughs> Just don't He won't do say that. anything to you, but you can tell he's angry. <laughs> I don't have any first experience, first-hand experience in this, but somebody talking on a microphone right now might. What? <laughs> so, yes, that is going down next weekend. Definitely check it out. I don't think we have anything else to discuss this week, do we? I think that's everything. I think that is everything. Woo, what a feisty edition of, I know. of the show this week. You got you angry at the beginning, me angry at the end, getting verklempt. <laughs> uh, oh, and it's Mother's Day today as we're recording. Oh, so, yeah. Happy so Mother's Day, Mom. Shouts to the moms. Once Caitlin leaves, I'll have to Skype Skype Kath, see how she's doing. <laughs> Hi, Kath. Hi, Kath. I'm going to go see a movie with my mom. Oh, what are you going to go see? Uh, probably The Jungle Book. Um, <laughs> That's a repeat viewing for The Jungle Book? Well, it was accidental. We thought we were going to see Batman versus Superman or Superman versus Batman. But then we were like, no. I want to see this so little. I would much rather yeah. see The Jungle Book. Actually, in I have no recolle- recollection of seeing a movie with my sister and my mom in my recorded history. Like I. So this is today. All three of you are going to see The yeah. Jungle Book. That's adorable. Yeah. Adorkable. Well, as we said at the top, there are many ways you can listen to the show. SoundCloud, iTunes, get at us on Twitter at GeekDownPod. If you want to yell at me, which some of you might, uh, at Jordan underscore Ferguson. I'm not going to engage, though, because guess what? I don't I don't engage in internet drama. Go ahead. You're not going to change my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just gave him a look. <laughs> I was like, wow. It's like, you're not going to make me believe that Nemesis is worth reading. Sorry. You can email us at GeekDownPod at gmail.com. Give me some anime that you think <laughs> Caitlin will watch. Caitlin might actually enjoy. Um, because now she's scarred. Because I feel like, yeah, the, the anime is just going down, going down the tubes. I ha- I'll have to go back and like, I need to start a spreadsheet of like how I'm doing. <laughs> I think I've given you like, I'm batting about 200 on on anime <laughs> selections. Uh, and we will be back here with you again next week for another episode of Geek Down. Thank you so much for spending an hour and change of your week with us and letting us know how much you are enjoying it. Thank you so much, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. We'll just do this for an hour. <laughs> 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 <laughs>